Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office Equipment Solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. 105 in Edmonton, hour number two of Oilers Now. Oilers Now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. They wish you and yours all the best during these challenging and uncertain times. Digitex.ca is Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Hugh Porter and the staff at Digitex want you to stay safe and stay positive, as do the folks at James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to James H. Brown Injury uh, lawyers at jjbrown.com. They bring us the Oilers Prospect Report daily here on Oilers Now. Do want to mention the best pizza in the city is still making a great Royal Pizza. Multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pasta, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for over 50 years. Royal Pizza offers curbside pickup and takeout options for a menu and a list of their 13 Edmonton and area locations. Go online at royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stoffer, recommendation, Royal Pizza. Mediterranean chicken. As uh, we go off to the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, and we are joined by David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. Hello, David. How are you? I'm good, Bob. How you doing, man? Good. We're going to move all over the place with this uh, next 15-minute segment. I'm going to start by asking you about your feelings on the asterisk season. Uh, if we do end up getting this NHL season in, or even last year, Tampa Bay winning the Stanley Cup, should there be asterisks against that, or does it actually is it actually harder to win in years uh, in which we're dealing with something like a worldwide pandemic? Give it a rip. I don't know if it's harder to to, to win, but it's as hard as as ever to win. And I don't know where the idea of an asterisk seat. Like, first of all, is there any NHL season that actually has an official asterisk? I don't know if that's an official thing or it's just something people talk about. When I think of the concept, like, you know, if it's, if it's because we're only playing, they might play just 56 games this year. Well, there was whole decades on end where the NHL only played 60 game seasons and there's no asterisk there. It was considered okay to play 60 game seasons in the 40s and 50s. Uh, in, the, in the 20s and 30s, they played 30 game seasons. There's no asterisk for those eras. The only era that I can think of where you might have an asterisk, asterisk is some of the scoring numbers in the 1940s because a lot of the very best players left to, for World War II and they weren't playing then. So there was a lot less competition um, in the NHL in those years than there had been before then or after then. So maybe some of the regular season stuff's a little out of whack uh, with many of the best players missing. But I don't even think those... So so in the kind of the popular imagination, you might have an asterisk there. But I don't really... I, I can't see in any way how this would qualify. This is just a shorter season, similar to the seasons we had for many decades in the NHL. And it's going to be a hell of a competition to see who wins and, you know, following the Edmonton owners on their road to Stanley Cup victory. All right. Well, let's get... Uh, there you go. Well, that's music to the ears. A lot of the listeners right here. David Staples from the Cult of Hockey. You're showing the fan in you. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Your, your serious job, and I can't think of a 
more what, what would be at times a more frustrating job is covering the especially in this province uh, giving the current political climate out there uh is the ongoing situation with covid and it's obviously ratcheted up here in edmonton uh of late uh so what do you think are we going to be able to return to play given the challenges that we have and is there is there do you think there's a concern at all here provincially that we wouldn't be able to get back at it well, here's what we're seeing in Europe uh, right now, which have which through the fall has had similar levels of spread uh, of COVID compared to Alberta and Canada. I mean, Alberta's level of spread is lower than almost every single state in the United States right now, Bob. There's only four states in the United States that have a lower uh, death per uh, million than Alberta does in the last two weeks. Oh, last so, two weeks. Overall, last two weeks. Overall, since the start of the pandemic, the only state that's lower than Alberta since the start of the pandemic is Vermont, which has 623,000 people. That's right. So so overall, we've done really well. Alberta's having a, a tough time right now, which is why we're in lockdown. Uh, but there's just, in the last two weeks, where it's been re- really bad here worse than ever um there's we're still we're still not seeing the the terrible thing that's happening in the united states and we're below most european countries as well below sweden below uh, you know at the same level close to the same level as some of the other scandinavian and northern european countries but in those countries they've shut down their hockey seasons they've, they've tried to play hockey sweden has generally they've been more open to trying to continue on with normal life in the face yes. of the pandemic than anyone else and they've continued on they've lost players from teams and some games, uh, odd games have been cancelled, but they've generally continued on um, in Swedish fashion, I guess we could say, uh, during the pandemic. Finland has shut down their season until um, after Christmas uh, due to COVID uh, spread. We've had uh, Switzerland, Ryan McLeod's playing over there. He, he played a couple games in early December. He hadn't played in two weeks before then because of the COVID shutdowns in Switzerland. Germany is delayed because of COVID. Russia, in Russia, they're pretty stoic about continuing on in the face of COVID as well. They've they've lost a few games and lost a few players during the games. I think that we're not going to be as stoic as the Swedes and the Russians about COVID in North America. We're more of a safety culture than they are right now. And we are going to have more shutdowns as the season goes along um, now that's going to be tempered by the vaccine and how quickly and NHL player gets vaccinated. There you go. There you go. And, yep. and in the and I I don't know how vaccination will work in the United States, where it's a private healthcare system and people um, with wow. more funds get different kind of care. But I think in Canada, I, I'm not. I don't know. I have no idea where the players are going to be in the queue. I think there'd be a huge stink, obviously, if they went 100%. to the front of the line. 100%. So, and you, obviously, you can't make an argument for them to be at the front of the line. But they are going to. They are people who travel a lot, who, um, uh, you know, who could be in terms of spreading infection could be high risk because they move around so much. So you could see them be, there, there's an argument for people who travel and move around a lot for, for business being in, in kind of the, maybe the, the third rung after, you know, after people in their eighties get it and seventies and then the sixties. And then after that, like who's going to get it? And maybe that maybe people who are really busy in life in terms of business, having to move around for their job, will get it next. So hopefully we'll all get it. Uh, <laughs> we'll all get it, but it's not looking that way. It's not looking good for all of us getting it until next fall, unfortunately. All right, and, when you, and you're saying the vaccine, and that's yeah. uh, and obviously the, the, the protocols have already, the order has already 
the, the first groupings to get it have already yeah. been laid out in Alberta, have they not? They have, and it's it's seniors and healthcare workers, uh, Indigenous people. I think are are right. so people over eighty, uh, which includes both my parents who are in extended care homes, are going to be getting it in the first wave. And I can't tell you what relief that is. Yeah, yeah. Well, and again, it's 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 such a hard situation to deal with. The one thing that needs to be stated is we know the players will be tested a lot. Uh, we know they're going to buy themselves a little bit of runway here. Maybe we don't end up starting until February first. Maybe that start updates January fifteenth. And I get the people. I, I understand understand the position from people at with Texas show on the Ashley Five Floors text line, David, and say, no, they shouldn't just play. They sh- there, there should be no season. What? I, I, there, there's people at text the show and say that. They text the hockey show. It's, yeah. they, and, 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 and there's others that say we have to find a way to power our way through it, and it's not going to be easy. Now, one of the results of what's going to happen here, David, we're going to have a flat cap. And I know that Kurt Levins wrote about this in his uh, nine, nine Things piece. It runs every Sunday on the Cult of Hockey. Uh, this could be a benefit for the Edmonton Oilers. They've already benefited a little bit this past year, David. I mean, they got Kyle Durris on a pretty good two-year deal. Tyson Berry came here, t- turned down a contract, two million more bucks with another organization. Dominic Cahoon, less was more for Dominic as well. How do you think uh, the 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 flat cap uh, could affect the Oilers, and will they spend? Do you think to the top of the cap carrying forward? This is the big question for the Edmonton Oilers. And, and th- it's interesting, Bob, since Cates took over the team, this hasn't been a big issue with Oilers fans because Cates promised to spend to the top of the cap, and he has done so. And not only that, he has put in tens of millions of dollars extra in terms of hiring extra scouts, having a top-notch farm system, um, burying contracts, buying out contracts. He's just spent and spent and spent. Spending has never been the issue with Daryl Cates as an owner, but this is a new thing in Edmonton. You remember, I remember the painful, painful decades where first Pocklington sold off star players because the Edmonton market didn't have enough money and he didn't have enough money. And then the EIG, uh, because it was one of the low-revenue teams in the NHL, and they were a, a frugal outfit, um, not willing to, to throw millions of dollars of their money away. Um, we lost all kinds of players, Doug Waite, Curtis Joseph. Sure. So. That's the history. Could we go back to that? Like, we don't know. I don't know Daryl Cates' finances. I can't tell you. Kurt's column was one of the first indications. He's he's saying, and he's got lots of inside sources, that Cates' business is diversified enough to be strong through the pandemic. And he's, I think, also anticipating because the owners are going to have a good team and this is a good hockey market, we're going to sell some tickets here. So that's the first real indication I've seen, and I haven't seen anyone dig into this other than, than Kurt so far, about how the Oilers going to do, whether they're going to be able to spend at the top of the cap, because what we're going to see is a lot of teams with owners in real financial trouble who are not going to be able to, and that's going to significantly change the finances, financial situation of the NHL, where there's going to be all kinds of good players who are going to be forced to take less on their contracts, and it also impacts the Oilers in terms of players signing new contracts. Suddenly, let's say there's there's a whole host of players who are going to come up for contracts in the next few years. If there's not a market for them in other cities, and if the free agent market collapses, Edmonton will be in a much better position in terms of signing their own players um, and keeping this team together, possibly. Because this is a really good team full of excellent prospects, uh, both on defense and now on the wing. So I think... If Cates is in good financial uh, position, and that's what Kurt was indicating, then the orders are going to be just fine. 
Well, we should mention Kurt works for Jim Pattison and the Pattison Group. Jim Pattison is worth like seven or eight billion dollars, and, yeah. and is quite diversified himself. Former owner of Vancouver's uh, old WHA franchise. Um, yeah, it's an, it's an interesting one to me. In fairness to Cal Nichols and the Edmonton Investors Group, who used to get the Canadian Assistance Program, the landscape has changed for Canadian teams. Uh, and the Oilers, and we've discussed this a lot, it's my belief, it would not surprise me that since the 0405 lockout, so starting in the 0506, that uh, with the exception of one, maybe two years, Edmonton has actually been a revenue contributor in revenue sharing. I don't think anybody would have foreseen that back in 2000, 2001, when Edmonton, Calgary, and Ottawa were getting $3 million a year. All right, so switching focus here. Carter Savoy, he's going, isn't he? He is off to probably the best start that a rookie uh, player at the University of Denver, which is a heck of a hockey school in the United States, uh, a program that competes for national championships. He's off to the, maybe the best start they've ever seen for a, for a freshman. And he's got uh, five goals in four games. And um, so, Bob, I watched some of his games uh, previously in the AJHL, and the knock on him and the reason that he felt at 100th in the draft this year was that, that people were worried about, scouts were worried about his work ethic and his involvement in kind of the dirty parts of the game. I'll tell you, I dropped in, I watched his last game uh, on video, just watched it, and, and that, he he's a little, he looks like a different player. Uh, at the Cult of Hockey, we've now seen all of his four games that he's played for Denver. He he's just seems to be, maybe he's just super happy to be there, or maybe he's, he, he was a little bored by the end of his career in the AJHL where he was just such a dominant player. But he is really hustling, and that is a great thing to see. Because Carter Savoy... It has an unbelievable. Some people, some scouts said he had the second best shot in the draft, and that he had first round talent, but the work ethic wasn't there. Well, we're starting. I I saw him come back on the back check and dive a sprawl through the slot, the defensive slot, to stop a pass. He was hustling all game long, and his offensive game is very strong. He's he's extremely adept at picking up tough pucks that are bouncing off the boards and controlling them with his skate or going uh, backhand to forehand and making a pass. But the thing I love about him other than that sh- that shot, he's he's such an eyes up player. He's he has always got his head up when he's got the puck and that's why almost every time he gets it at the eight, at the college level now, which is a very high level of hockey, every time he gets the puck almost he makes the right play. And, and it's just it's just uh it's like clockwork. He just gets it and does it. And that kind of execution for an 18-year-old at that level of play. Um, you know, if someone had told me, Bob, that he was the Oilers' first-round draft pick this past year based on his first games at Denver, I, yep. wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. That Well, that, that's crazy. How could he have been the first right. pick? But he, he, that's the kind of talent we're seeing. Yeah, he was probably a second-round talent that went late, you know, late fourth round. I remember Kyle Connor, and I'm not comparing the two, but just hear me out here. I love Kyle Connor, and nobody thought when he got drafted by the Jets, because he was in the 20s, nobody thought he'd turn out to be. I mean, Kyle Connor is pushing uh, Mark Scheifele for the best player in the Winnipeg Jets right now. Yeah. And, and in Carter Savoy's case, if he could be a middle six winger for the Amatonars, we're not talking about a guy that could score 30-plus goals. We're talking about a guy that contributes, you know, 15 to 20 goals a year. That'd be an awesome hit on a fourth-round pick. I want to ask you about a couple more guys, uh, both playing over in Europe, very different players, though they both ultimately might end up on the wing. Raphael Lavoie and Ryan McLeod, where are you seeing as them as prospects? 
So they were both taken in the second round, McLeod in 2018, Lavoie in 2019. And right now, I would have Lavoie ahead of McLeod. And even McLeod is doing quite well in the Swiss League. He has nine points in 12 games, and he's on a little ripper where he's got three points in two games. And he's, he's just a big, fast hockey player, Ryan McLeod, and very smooth with the puck. Lavoie, though, is e- even bigger. He's not as fast, but he's bigger. And, Bob, does he ever go to the net, Raphael Lavoie? So he's not playing against tough competition in the Swedish second division, but it is a step up over the, the Quebec League where he was playing last year. When he gets the puck, he goes to the net hard. He's a big man, determined, and his skating, when he gets the puck, he's one of those guys who, when he gets the puck, he seems to skate a little faster. And he just buries goes hard to the net, doesn't let anything stop him. And it is fantastic to see a player that that big using his size, <coughs> excuse me, in that power forward mold. McLeod has got the speed and the size, but you know what? He, for him, he, I don't think he's got that elite offensive talent to be a top six forward in the NHL. I just don't see that kind of adeptness and seeing the ice, seeing plays that you might see in other players. He's going to have to be a checker. He can have a long career in the NHL. He's got to make up his mind, and he's he's already playing hard defensively, but he's got to make up his mind that no one on the ice is going to back check harder and outwork him in the defensive slot. If he If Ryan McLeod makes up his mind to do that, and it looks like he's still in the process of it because it's inconsistent, his defensive game. If he decides to do that, he could be a third-line center, uh, third-line winger in the NHL for a long time. But he's got to take that step still, and he's, and he's just still not quite there defensively. David, biggest thing, biggest thing for me for Ryan McLeod is he's got to get in the guts of the game. You know what? Yeah. He can skate. He's got a big frame. He's just got to be in it all the time. And you look at, I'll give you the exact opposite scenarios, Brendan Gallagher. Small guy, and he's yeah. tenacious, right? And he's always around the net and around the puck. And that's where McLeod's got to become that player. I'm not going to say that he's going to score. I'm just, if he commits himself to engaging fully in the process of always being involved in the game, He'll, he'll play in the NHL, and if he doesn't, he won't make it. It's that simple. David, how do people follow you? Uh, on Twitter, at DStaples. Have a nice day. We'll talk next Wednesday, David. Thanks, Bob. From the Cult of Hockey, that is David Staples. It's 123 in Edmonton. When we come back, eh, it's kind of a hard one for you. Greta Bar Trivia for Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It is 125 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer and Brendan S. Scott with you on Oilers Now. Just before we go to Oilers Now trivia for Greta Barr, Brendan, you have... Uh, some interesting uh, sports news for us? Well, Alfonso Davies, Edmonton Zone, and the uh, co-winner of the Lou Marsh Award this year has returned to the lineup for Bayern Munich. They are in Champions League action this afternoon, and so far scoreless against a locomotive team out of Russia, but uh, Davies looking good up and down the pitch and getting lots of love from the commentators, Bob, so he's clearly hit the ground running after that uh, injury he had. Was he expected? I, I thought when he initially got hurt, like they thought he'd be out until the new year. I, maybe it was only six to eight weeks, but I thought it was like two to three months with the original injury. So that's, that's wow, you got back fast. All right, time for Oilers Now Trivia. It's brought to you by Greta Global Street Food. Greta Bar, eat, drink, and play. Brendan Escott. What are we uh, playing for? A $50 gaming voucher for those arcade games when that gets opened back up at Greta. Okay, uh... 
Here we go. So it was three years ago today. Jack Michaels and myself were with the Edmonton Oilers in Montreal. It was a Saturday night game. Jajar Kara scored twice. The Oilers pounded the Montreal Canadiens chasing Carey Price. The final score was 6-2. The sixth Oiler game, or goal in that game, sixth Oiler goal in that game, was scored in the third period on a tremendous four-way passing play. And it was finished off, a little bit of a hint there, uh, by a guy who is no longer in the National Hockey League. Name the defenseman who scored the Oilers' sixth and final goal in Edmonton's 6-2 victory over Montreal at the Bell Center, Center Bell, uh, on the state going back to December 9th, 2017. And you can reach us on a River Creek Resort and Casino hotline at 780-496-0063. There's an old saying in the car business, cars cost less than Wetaskiwin, but outstanding customer service, Akita business as well. Brent Ridge Ford is a nine-time President's Diamond Award winner for customer satisfaction. The year-end event is taking place down at Brent Ridge. Great people, great service. Let Uncle Belt, Rich, Johnny, and the gang at Brent Ridge Ford lend a hand. You can reach them at one 877 or visit BrentRidge.com. We do have John Shannon coming up today at one thirty-five, And I'm going to confess a embarrassing story that occurred to me uh, because of something that John and myself both have uh, an appreciation for. Uh, we're going to get to that when we return on Oilers Now after a global news weather traffic update with Randy Kilmer. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.